As I said, we're uh, going through just why we do what we do. Last week was our, our vision, mission of joining the journey and our primary strategy right, of the different you know, phases of the faith journey and kind of where you at on those. And again, the journey classes are designed to be the bridge to the next step and to just encourage you to grow and move to that next, next place. Um, and what, what we're going to do for the rest of this series, literally for the next month, is we are going to be looking at now at our core values. We're going to look at one of them each week, and, and again, these I hope are not new to you either. They're also on the bulletin. They're also, you know, all over our building and, and looking at all these different places, but, but they are ones that, again, we're going to take a, just a, a, a Sunday. We're going to dive deeper into look at what does each one truly, truly mean for us in our own life and faith as well as us as a church. Um, as we talked about, again, last week, that um, I first came here in 2015, and we started a new journey as a church in, a, in just a different direction and, and just a, a fresh wind of a, a new vision and new strategy. And, and through those years, we've seen lots of changes. We've seen God's hand in lots of ways and, and seen in that. And now, again, I want to go back over this now to say and to seek the Lord on now, what does God need to take our church next, right? Like, like we're so thankful for everything he's done, not just since I've been here, but everything he's done in this church even before I was here. And now, you know, in this new season and now moving, what does the next season look like? And, and we want to fulfill everything that God needs us to do in this community um, as a family of believers. And, and in the midst of those changes, again, we hold all of that with open hands, right? It's saying, Lord, like you do what you need to do, right? I mean, change what you need to change, like, like whatever that is, and yet we've committed as a church family that these core values are exactly that. They will be core, that these will never change. Okay, that we are standing on God's word and saying these are, again, values that we read out of God's word that we will uphold no matter what, right? No matter how, how the people in our church change, no matter how our community changes, no matter how much our world changes around us, that these will be always true. Right, that we will stand on this foundation and, and uh, believe that these core values, they are the foundation built on Christ. They are the solid rock right, that Jesus tells us to build our lives on and to build his church on. And so the very first one, core value number one, and you know, most of the core values there are all four. They're not really in a particular order except this one. This one is number one for a very uh, strategic reason. right? And core value number one is that Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. Yeah, it, it's about Jesus, right? He, I mean, he's the foundation of our faith. He's our example to follow, um, that Jesus truly is the subject. And that, that is the, the tagline of vision, mission statement of our movement of Church of God, Anderson, that we're affiliated with, right? That Jesus is the subject, that it is about Jesus. And, and again, we're drawing that line in the sand and saying that, that, uh, that it is about Jesus, and um, that it always will be, that he's the center, he's the example to follow. And I, I want to, as we look at these core values, it's kind of our, this, this um, base verse that I want to look at. Ben read it for us at the beginning of the service. Um, it's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And I, I choose these verses because literally all four of our core values are present in these verses. And so we see it where it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
Now, as we go through the next weeks, as we look at each core value, like I said, I've kind of just kind of underlined and italicized for you just little phrases, right, that point out this core value. And, and yet, in this one, we see that, it, that God is the center of it. Right? That scripture was inspired by God. Right? It is his word, and, and it's one of his primary ways of communicating to us is through his word. Um, and, and, and God uses it, right? God is at work in our lives. Right, that God is an active God. He is not a God that just created us and walked away, right? He is a God that wants a relationship with us, right? That he wants to be active in our lives every day. And that, that again, the center of our faith, what our faith is in, is God, right? And as we look at this first core value, we realize, right, that it says that Jesus is the destination of our journey. And when we say that, again, our, 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 your life is going somewhere, Right, you're, you're focused on something. You have these goals in your life, right? Like the, what you're striving for, what you're working towards, um, what, you, you know, what your dreams and, and aspirations are. Like, like that's where your life is going, right? You are going somewhere, right? And even if you haven't explicitly decided exactly what your destination is, you are unknowingly going towards something. Right? Even if that changes every day, right? And, and again, we've all met people like that, right? Like they're all, all into one thing one day, and then you're like, well, it'll be something different next week. And it is, right? And, and they just, they're kind of, they're scattered and they're wandering, right? And kind of all over the place. But yet, but our lives are headed somewhere. Okay, why do you get up in the morning, right? What does your mind go to? Like, what, what does your money go towards? What, what is your, you know, your, your efforts, right, and your goals in life? Like, where are, what are they focused on? Where are they going? And that's just exactly where I want to start this morning with this question, is what is really the destination of your life? Hey, now this is, this is a deep question. And, and it is somewhat rhetorical because I'm not asking you to answer out loud to me right now, but I do want you to like really contemplate this question, right? Look at your life, look at your goals, look at your dreams, look at your time, look at your resources, look at, at, at all that you're doing in your life and to say, what does all of that show that it is the, the true destination of my life? Okay, what am I really living for? Hey, because there are all kinds of things in this world that, that you can be striving for, right? That can be the destination of your life. Okay, one, a very common one we see in our world is wealth. Like, people want to be wealthy, right? And that they'll try everything they can do to get to that place. Like, that becomes the destination of their life, right? Again, when we talk about money, again, Scripture talks about money all the time, right? But if you talk to a wealthy person, right, or even a not a wealthy person, but if, if the destination of their life is money and wealth, Right? If you ask them how much money is enough, they'll say more. Right? So again, maybe it's wealth. Maybe, maybe the destination of your life is just the next good time. Right? We live for the weekend. Right? I'm, I'm just, just the next adventure, the next good time, the next party, right? the next trip, whatever. Maybe the destination of your life is just the next good time. Okay, maybe the destination of your life is a good reputation. Right, I want to be. I want to be famous. I want to be known. Right, I want to be. Want to, um, you know, be, be looked up to. Right, and have people jealous of my life. Right, I just. I want to be on the pedestal. Right, maybe that's the destination of your life. I have to have a million followers on Instagram. Right. Hey, what 
what's the destination of your life? Maybe it's just comfort and convenience, right? There's some that are like, you know what? I just want to do nothing, right? That's the goal of my life. I just want to, to do anything I want, right? And, and if I want to do nothing, I just do nothing, right? Maybe it's just comfort and convenience. I just want to be comfortable. I want to be on vacation all the time. Right? I, I, again, what, what are you living? What are you striving for? What is the destination of your life? Right? We can, we can come up with all kinds of things, right? Of what you are living for. What, what is, are you moving towards? What are you striving for? And yet, as we look at this core value, right, is we are declaring that Jesus is the destination. Right, which means that all those other things, and it's not that any of those are even bad necessarily, but that they are secondary to Christ in my life. Again, can, can, can Christ be the destination of my life and me be wealthy? Absolutely. Right, can Christ be the destination of my life and me have a good reputation? Of course. Can Christ be the destination of my life and, and, and I have a, a, a banner career? Right, and Sure. Right, but... The difference, it's very subtle and it's very small, right? But the difference is, is it's all secondary to Jesus or it's not, right? And there's really no gray area in that, right? And yet when we declare that like, Jesus is the destination of our journey, we are saying that Jesus is first. He is the destination of my life and everything else comes behind that. You know, as we think about this question, sometimes we don't even really know or realize what we're living for. Okay, we just kind of drift through life, right? We kind of do the next opportunity, the next thing, right? Whatever it is, you know, um, uh, you know, and then something in life happens that wakes us up, right? That gets your attention, and suddenly you start to see clearly ways that you hadn't seen before, right? And maybe, man, maybe my, I realize my life is going down a direction that's not great, right? And, and something will wake us up. And again, if, if, you, um, and if you watch football this last week, you realize there, that Monday night our culture woke up, Okay, and if you don't watch NFL football, you've heard something about it this week, right? In, in that Monday night football game, right, there's a 24-year-old your defensive player, Damar Hamlin, literally had a heart attack on the field, right? And he got, got CPR, got resuscitated in front of a na- national audience, right? Millions of people are watching this happen. And, and, and if you just see, like, and, and our world lost our minds. Right? I mean, we had, I mean, entire football teams are sitting kneeling on the field praying for this guy, right? And this is the same league that has run people out of the league for, for praying on their own, right? And I mean, ESPN anchors are literally praying on air for this guy. And, and now, again, I, I, I'm, I have no problem with that. Right, and you think of that, but, but yet, as I'm watching this play out, I literally, I told Maureen on Tuesday morning, like, we had this conversation before we left, I'm like, I don't know why, but this just is not sitting with me well. Like, I mean, again, I prayed for him, right? I prayed for that, that, again, that situation, like, I think that's great. I think it's awesome that everybody did pray for him. I think it's great that he is healing, right? He's doing better. I have no issue with any of that, and I'm like, but yet, I told Maureen on Tuesday, I'm like, I, but I, something just is is not sitting right with me about all of this. And I don't know, I'm not sure what it is. 
Right, and as I kind of continue to think about that and contemplate it and ask the Lord, I'm like, Lord, why did, what, what is bothering me about this? Like, I, I mean, I think in this moment, I'm like, awesome, Lord. Like, you know, prayer's back on the football field, right? Prayer's back in the media. Prayer, you know, all this. Like, that's great. And I'm like, but yet, there's something in my spirit is just not sitting right. right? And as I just continue to contemplate this, I'm like, but the reality is, is that everybody's life was living for anything, right? Until they got to that moment of desperation when nothing else would happen and they had nowhere to turn and they turned to God, which one is that I think there was this burden on my heart as I'm watching this play out about like, see, in that moment, everybody believed in God, right? Like, and yet our churches are not overflowing with people. Right? And people don't know that God, right? And, and there's this, this form of God is that they get in that moment when God suddenly was their only option, right? And that our culture woke up for that moment. And yet, so many, every other time, they just want to deny God or push him out or do anything other than turn, turn to Christ. And in that moment, right, that's where it was one of these moments, right, as a culture, when we woke up and realized, what is my life really about? And and as we see that, we think about, because the answer to this question literally changes everything about who you are and about what you follow and what your life's going to be, right? What is really the destination of my life? What am I really living for? Right? Not what I tell people, right? Like not, not what I put online, but like, but really, this is a deep, deep question. And as we look at that and think about what, again, what is the true destination of my life? There's a few things we learn from scripture about this idea, about this concept. First off, is whatever your destination is, it will dictate your motives of life. Hey, whatever the destination of your life really is, it will dictate your motives. Okay, like, as we said, right, we are Faith Journey Church. Okay, we look at in the name, the reason, faith is first in our name for a reason, right? Because we are a community of faith-based people. Okay, now with that said, okay, is that you can have faith in all kinds of things. Okay, and the reason why the cross in faith is the T in faith is because our faith is in Christ. Okay, we can put, again, you can put, you can have faith, right? And in fact, everybody has faith, but it's where is that faith placed? And so that's why we have the cross, again, in faith, right? Because our faith is in Jesus. Okay, he is the destination. Right, again, you see, that's even why, again, we like to wear crosses, you know, as necklace, like as a necklace or a jewelry, right? Like, you realize, right, that especially in the time of Christ, like, the cross was not something to be proud of. Right? The cross was literally like a death sentence, right? And yet, but why do we wear it, right? We to remind us, right, the where my faith lies. Okay, because again, that, that the cross is a picture of God taking something that was terrible and full of death, right, and, and punishment and redeeming it to be something that brings hope. That's what God does, <laughs> right? That is the story of the gospel. But our faith, again, is in Jesus, I want to look at Colossians 1, 15 and 20. If you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to this. It's a longer passage, so again, I'm going to read it. If you're here with us in person, you can grab the Bibles and the seats and find the page number there. 
Uh, we're going to read Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. And this, this passage describes for us why Jesus is worthy of being the destination of our journey. Okay, why our faith is not misplaced in putting it in Jesus. Okay, Colossians 1, verse 15. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, he is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Just let that text resonate for a minute. I mean, is there anything better to base your life on? Right? Than what is described in this passage? I'm Christ. Right? He loves you that much. He's supreme over all creation. Right? He, he makes peace and everything. I, I mean, just we could just sit here all day in this text, right? And just ruminate in that and just be like, yep, I'm in. Sign me up, right? But, but the, the point, right, is that if Christ is truly our destination, right, if, if, if we believe everything that is described here in these verses, right, then the reality is there is no better motivation to live for than Christ. And will Christ then dictate your motives? Again, what is my motive in life to keep going, to get up tomorrow? Well, it's, it's Christ, right, because he did that for me. Right, so I'll do anything for him. Right, it was, again, the, as this huge list describes, right? He's made peace with you through his blood on the cross. And after accepting his grace and forgiveness, joining the journey of faith, inviting him in your life, confessing your sin, right? Receiving his love and then starting to love him back, right? By joining the journey of faith, inviting him in to your life, Right? Not just finding salvation, but finding reconciliation with your creator. Right? And as we find that, then, again, that now my motivation, again, for, for anything I do, right, is to glorify him. Right? And if that is truly my destination, then that, that's why I do it, right? That is my motive for life, is to be like him. I to do everything for his glory. Not my own, because he loved me before I deserved. Right, he paid the price for my sin before I even needed, knew I needed him to do it. Right before he got my attention, God was still there. Right, and so the, the destination of your journey, will, of your life, will dictate your motives. Is it Christ? Is your faith actually in Jesus? And again, the reality is we can put our faith in all kinds of things. We can even put our faith in the church, which is misguided. Right? We can put our faith in individual people, which is misguided. And we can put our faith in all kinds of things that seem good, that if, but it has to be Jesus. 
right? God himself. That's what your faith has to be in. Okay, don't put your faith in me. Don't put your faith in faith journey journal. Don't put your faith in any church, right? Or human. Put your faith in God. That will dictate our motives. Okay, the next truth that we learn from scripture is that our destination will also dictate your actions. Right, what you do from day to day, right, will, will be reflected on what you are truly living for. Okay, your destination will dictate your actions. Um, flip over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Okay, we see here, you're going to look, um, 1 Peter 3 verse 18, and we're going to jump down to, to 4 verses 1 and 2. It's okay, so starting at 1 Peter uh, 3 verse 18. says that Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. And then let, well, I'm going to skip down to, to, to 4.1, because then we move to now, now our role in that, right? Because that's true, okay, then we see then our response to that, okay, 1 Peter 4.1. So then... Since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Again, because of what Christ did for me, then my actions will follow his. Right? Meaning that I will again, um, realize, right, that my own suffering of my own sin, right, and, and, and as, he, as he says, um, right, he's like, then I, as I suffer for that, once I realize the real ramifications of that sin, right, of, of living for myself instead of living for God, right, and I start to realize that, and even the suffering that comes with it, right, and realize that, you know what, maybe the problem in my life is the person in the mirror, Right, and once I can realize that, right, it says, and you, you experience the, all the consequences of that sin, right, of living for anything other than Christ, it says, then you will be done. Right, you think, well, can, why would God do that? Why, why won't he just, just fix it all? Right, why does he still allow us to feel pain and, and to, to go through those, those consequences? Well, you know what, because that's how we learn. Again, we have to be woken up, right? Again, we saw our culture wake up even for a brief moment this last week. Right? And we have to be woken up. Because without a point of crisis, it's very difficult to change. Right? In fact, you look back at most people's lives, that's true, right? That's what, that's what makes lasting change in people's lives is a moment of crisis. Right? If we didn't have the suffering, we would never change. Right? And as this passage says, suffering leads to being finished with sin. Saying, you know what? I know where that road leads. I don't want to go down that road again. I'm not making that choice. I've been down that one. That one stinks. Not doing it. Right? Then you are finished with sin. And being finished with sin leads to being anxious to do the will of God. I mean, that's exactly what this pastor says. It says you trade, you know, doing life for sinful stuff, and then you replace it with doing stuff for God. Right? Being transformed by God's spirit. 
And the reality, again, is that is what will move you forward on your journey. God does not cause pain, but God will use it to help us learn and to move forward and to be transformed. Right? To be more like him tomorrow than we are today. And again, we are on a journey in our faith. We are not on a vacation. Right? We are not here to camp or to, to relax. Right? We are here to move. And we are here to grow. And we are here to, to take new ground. One of the things our national director says, right? He's like, we're going to take back what hell has stolen. Right? That's our mission as the church. Again, we look at our logo, right? And there's the mountains, right? We have mountains to get over. Right? We are moving. We're going somewhere. We are not complacent. Are there times we need to rest on our journey? Absolutely. Right? But it's a momentary rest. We're not there indefinitely. That is not the goal of our faith, right? Is to find comfort and rest. God, God actually, his intent with the church is to raise up an army in battle for him, right? And our churches should look like that, right? Not country clubs, right? But bodies doing the work of Christ. Again, when you think about that, um, again, we have to be moving forward because the reality is if you're not moving forward, you're actually losing ground, okay? Because our culture is not moving in a positive direction. Okay, if you're not moving forward, you're actually losing ground. If you're not moving in your faith, if you're not moving forward in your faith, you are losing ground. Okay, because if you're sitting still, you don't actually sit still because our world is drifting further and further from God. But again, we see this in the financial world, right? If your investments are not making more than the rate of inflation, you're actually losing ground. Right? We all know what the rate of inflation is currently in our nation. Right, which, and we all know what our investments are doing right now. Right? And most of us are losing ground. Right? Because even we have to make over 7% to be gaining anything in your investments right now. Right? And so again, if you have the same, if you're not making more than 7%, you are losing ground. And the same is true in your faith. Right? If you are not growing at a faster pace than our world is drifting away from God, you are losing ground in your faith. We don't have time to sit around, right, and, and camp. We have to be moving. As we see that, again, your destination will dictate your motives. Your destination will dictate your actions. And the last thing is we see your destination will dictate the outcome of your life. Again, what is my life really about? Right? What am I working towards? Is, is it about Jesus or is it about something else? Okay, because the reality is, and I, I, I'm sorry if this is a shocker statement to you, but none of us are getting out of this alive. Okay, none of us are getting out of this alive. So think about what will be said about you at your funeral. All right, because what's said about you at your funeral really shows a lot about what the destination of your life was. Because right, it's about what everybody else saw. Hey, again, I've heard all kinds of things at funerals, right? Boy, that guy really knew how to party. Right? He was a great businessman. Right? She was the best mother that anybody had, right? I mean, there, there's all these, these things that can be said about you. I hope that at my funeral, people will say, Brian didn't do everything right, but he definitely loved God with everything he had. I, I, that's, that's what I hope. Keep that goal in mind. 
right? Becoming as much like Christ as we can every day, right? Because he is our example and he's what we're following. First John 2, 3 through 6 says, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I wish he was more clear. What's he getting at? Again, I encourage you to underline the phrase, live their lives as Jesus did. The outcome of Jesus' life was to glorify the Father right, and to accomplish the mission that he was sent on. Okay, will that be true of us? I hope so. Right, the mission of my life is to glorify God, right, to accomplish the mission I've been sent on. Right, because the reality is, as we look at these things that we've pulled out, right, about the, de- the destination of our life, right, of the destination of our journey, is that we have this equation that's presented to us. Right, and then this equation is that you take your motivations and you add in your actions, and it, the result is the outcome of your life. Again, and is Jesus in every part of those? <laughs> right, because... Again, our motivation is I know God and he knows me, right? My action is that I, because I know God, I will obey his commandments and I will do what he tells me to do, right? And the outcome of my life will be glorifying him, not myself. Again, our goal is growth, not perfection. We're not looking for perfect people, right? We are looking for people that are committed to growing and changing and submitting to God's spirit. Everybody's journey is different. Right, but yet we can declare together that our destination is the same. Our journeys will look different, but our destination is the same. Our destination is Jesus. Our destination is being in his, in his unhindered presence for eternity. Right, we see again, John 14 reminds us right, of the true destination, of why we keep, keep going on this journey. Right, Jesus tells us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I am, um, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. Again, he showed us the way. He said, that can be the destination of your life, right? Is being with Jesus. This is when our journey is done, when we are with Jesus in heaven. Until then, we keep journeying. We keep moving forward. We keep living for him every day. So as we look at these core values, we see that again, the base of this. Now, again, I want to, each week as we look at this, I want to say, okay, that's our core value. Now what? All right, so the mission defined, how do I live out this core value? Okay, well, scripture gives us some guidance on how we live this out in our lives. How is Jesus truly the destination of our journey? Okay, the first thing we are told to do in scripture to live this core value out is I need to keep my eyes on the goal. Okay, keep my eyes on the goal. Jesus tells us in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 
Again, Jesus is saying, like, you know what? Just do these two things. If you do these two things, then you're going to be moving in the right direction. Right? Everything else in life will fall in line. Everything else in the law, everything else in, in your life, right, will, will work its way out if you do these two things. Keep your eyes on that goal. Right? This is what, again, I, I, I'm living for. Love God with everything I have. Right? And spread God's love to other people through me. Then the next thing that we do to, to truly live out this core value is to grow a little bit every day. Just be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. Right? Even just, just take an inch every day. Right? Again, we want growth, right? We're not perfection. We're only made perfect by Christ, right? When, that, when we're transformed to be with him. But, but until that time, I'm going to just grow a little bit every day. Hey, Luke 9, 23 and 24. Again, Jesus says, If anybody wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Again, as we look at this, you know, as again, taking up our cross, dying to ourselves every day, right? Committing to follow Jesus. But I encourage you, again, circle the word daily in that verse. Right? Every day, I grow a little bit more. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday night. Every day is every day. All right, the, the, the last thing I want to point out today at how do I truly live out this core value is I will rely on God's power, not my own. I mean, truly, that's at the core of the gospel, right? Is the fact that I rely on God's power to save me, not my own. I can't earn it on myself. I can never be good enough. Right? I, I cannot earn my own salvation by my own works, right? I rely on God's power. And that's, again, we... So we, that's how we join the journey of faith, right? Is we rely on God's power to, that he's already accomplished, right? Through his death and through his resurrection. Right? And I accept that in my life. But then will I rely on God's power every single day to transform me to be more like Jesus if he's truly the destination of my life? Right? 2 Peter 1.3 says that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Claim this promise, church. Claim this promise. Right? When it comes into your head, you're like, I can't do that. God's giving you everything you need. Okay, when you doubt yourself, right? I'm heading in the right direction. Right? God, no, God's giving me everything I need. Right? And I will be transformed by his spirit, by his power. He's giving everything I need to live a godly life. Claim that promise. Right? Never question, right, is God with me? Do I have what I need, right? Claim it every single day. God has given me everything by his power <laughs> to make me godly. Right? And again, as we think about, again, this last week, right, our culture being woken up even for a moment, right, and, and realized everybody knew at that moment they needed God. Like I said, as I was kind of thinking about contemplating that and I had several conversations with different people, this, that, like my, my, I realized, you know, God led me to this verse about like, this is the problem. This is what bothers you about everything that's playing out in front of you this week through our media and through the NFL and through all this stuff, right? And, it, and it's literally connected to this point. Okay, just like you said, right, we, we rely on God. He's given us everything we need to find a godly life. 
And yet this is our response, right? 2 Timothy 3, 5. It says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make him godly. Again, this verse comes out of an entire passage, right, of describing what humanity will be like in the end times. Okay, and, I, and that was, again, what I realized as I'm watching this all play out in front of us in our culture. I'm like, this is what breaks my heart about what's happening right now. Right, is in that moment, everybody was turning to God, right? They're like, yeah, we're, I mean, literally, they're praying on the field, right? They're doing, uh, I mean, you know, and I'm like excited that people are praying, right? That they know that you got, absolutely. But what, what, what was sitting wrong with me was knowing that, that by Tuesday or as soon as this guy gets out of the hospital, right, or any of this, that, that this is where they're going to go back to. Right, I'm like, in this moment, everybody knows they need God, but yet they're rejecting the power that would make them godly. Right? And we're just going to go so quickly right back to everything else that we live for. Right? And, and again, and that's where I'm like, but they are so missing out on what God has for them. Right? And in that moment of need, sure, they'll get on their knees and they'll pray to God. And then, but then as, as soon as God answers that, like I said, or even if he doesn't, like the next day, right, they're just going to turn their back on God and just go down the other road. And that was what didn't sit right in my heart. Right? I'm like, Lord, help us to change that fact. Help me, help us, right, in our culture, right? Let's no longer reject the power of God that can make us holy. All right, let's dive deep into who God is, right? Is Jesus really the destination of your life? Right? Because even for that brief moment on Monday night, like it was for a lot of people, but it was so quickly, right, that we just drift right back into something else. And again, I don't know where your life is, and I don't know what the true destination is, but I, I, I challenge you this week, take this question, what is the true destination of your life? And, and I mean, contemplate this this week. All right, Lord, it, are you really the destination of my life? Like, like show me, Lord, a way, places you're not, Right? I mean, write the question on your mirror, right? Like, put it in your journal, right? Put, put it on a post-it note in your car, right? So that every time you get it, just you see that question, what is the real destination of my life? And see the Lord and saying, God, I want it to be you. Again, if you've never joined during faith, you've never received Christ as your Savior before, then that's where you start. That's how you start this process. Right? And, and I hope and pray that you would, you would pray and, and ask God into your life. Right? Maybe you need to just confess, Lord, Lord, you're in my life, but you're not first. Right? And, and Lord, I, I want to put you there. Right? I made that, just that confession, right? and, and you put that in. Maybe it's just literally, as you contemplate that, it's, just, it's a celebration and a praise. Like, Lord, you are there, and I'm so thankful you are. Again, contemplate this question this week. In this, in this moment, as you think about that, Right? We, we realize, again, that, that every life is focused on something. Hey, joining the journey towards Christ will change everything if you know what your real destination is. Is it Jesus? Or is it something else? Lord God, we are so thankful that this, is, this earth is filled with your glory. Lord, we're so thankful that you give us a reason to live, Lord, that we are living for you. 
And Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we thank you for saving us. Lord, for wanting a relationship with us, for loving us, God, when, when we push you away. And God, we pray, Lord, and confess that there are times in our life, in our hearts, Lord, that you're not number one. And God, we thank you for forgiving us for that. And Lord, for setting our hearts and our minds on you, Lord, to take new ground for you. Lord, I pray that as we go this week, Lord, we, we will truly see ways that you are the destination of our journey. You are the goal of my life. And also, Lord, show us in times that you're not. And God, continue to transform our hearts and our minds to be more and more like you every day. God, so that we can show this world who you truly are. God, that there is a lasting hope. God, that we have everything we need to live a life for you. God, help us to take that, Lord, and to, to put that into practice this week as we go. Lord, as we shine your light everywhere we go in this dark world. God, even those that got woken up in this last week or for some other reason, God, that they will stay focused on you. Lord, help us to represent you well as we live out our faith. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Guide us as we go this week, Lord, as we grow a little bit every day. Continue to transform us. Lord, we declare you are the destination of my life. I'm so thankful for that. Guide us as we go, Lord, as we live out that commitment this week. In Jesus' name, amen.